Let's talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. That's right. No more excuses. Get your lazy ass off the couch. Go start a podcast. There's the creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone with computer. Once again, no more excuses. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Could it be easier? Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. They're paying us for this ad. Thank you very much, Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. This is The Dime, a 10-minute dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. What's up, guys? This is the week of October First, this is the dime. On today's topic, we're talking about the cannabis industry marketing. The United States, there are more than a few uncertainties, specifically at this time. When it comes to the cannabis industry, each U.S. state has its own laws and regulations, and the surrounding cannabis use makes it more challenging to understand what is able to accomplish and what is not from a regulation standpoint. That being said, there are some states like Colorado and California that have completely legalized all consumption of both medical and recreational cannabis products. Kellen, when regulations differ from state by state, how does marketing happen for consumer-based products? It's an interesting predicament, right? Like marketing a drug. Um, A lot of people took like the alcohol route, As far as state to state, I haven't seen a ton of difference as far as marketing goes. I mean, you've been to a lot of these states, Ryan. Have you seen any any difference in the marketing that goes on from state to state? Um, Maybe not state by state, but product by product. I think it's pretty commonplace to see products associated with specific reliefs, such as tinctures for sleep or tinctures for exercise. You see this with various other sorts of tobacco-based products as well. And I wonder if this is one that will continue to evolve as the industry evolves uh, itself. Kellen, in regards to the rules surrounding cannabis and hemp marketing from a scientific standpoint, how do you believe or do you believe that the products in the space should be associated with specific reliefs? That's a really tough one, right? A lot of people, especially in the hemp industry, right? In the hemp industry, CBD is regulated by the government, the federal government. So you can see the FDA sending out warning letters to all these companies that are making audacious claims, I guess is the best way to put it, in terms of the benefits associated with their, their products. In cannabis, I think it's it's tough because a lot of people have kind of hooked their wagon to the sativa hybrid indica kind of model in terms of sativa is uplifting. So a lot of people have decided to take every different interpretation of those uplifting, mellow, and kind of sleepy characteristics associated with the three different categories within the strains and just run with them, right? So... I know a company I used to work at, definitely that was their model, right? They took the the three Sativa Hybrid Indica and ran with that model as far as marketing everything under the sun, as far as 
uh, flour or vape pens or con or concentrates or dabs or any of those things. They just plugged it right into that model. I mean, you've seen a lot of that model. What What are your thoughts on the kind of hooking your, your wagon to the uh, Sativa hybrid Indica model, Brian? Well, as someone who is a frequent consumer of Sativa products to not fall into the couch, I can tell you that it's not accurate for me. I consume only Sativa products knowingly. And it doesn't always make me feel more uplifting. So I don't think that's the best way to associate them. I wonder if there's some combination of terpenes and other phytocannabinoids that can be involved that can make a more illicit feeling towards specific. It's a, it's a definitely interesting play. But I guess my question back to you, Kellen, is, for example, Bengay has pain relief in the cream, right? Based on the consistency of the products. If you take the same components that are inside Bengay, right? And you just had some CBD in there. The product still is pain relief, correct? Right. It's pain relief with CBD. But in that case, can you market the product as pain relief CBD? I don't see why not, right? I like agree. That's a st it's a sticky situation. <laughs> like, like Bengay markets as pain relieving lotion right right i mean what's what's the problem with saying it's pain relieving lotion containing cbd right and then you just say the contain part really quickly well <laughs> i mean if it's written i think that's i think that's the difference right if it's if it's on a label and it says pain relieving cbd cream is that the same thing as saying cbd pain relieving cream with cbd is is it the same Legally, I think that it's different. And I think that you could get away with saying, I, I, I believe that you could get away with saying pain relieving cream with, with CBD versus CBD pain relieving cream. I think that those are, are drastically different products, right? Because in my mind as a consumer, I look at CBD pain relief lotion as the pain relief is coming from the CBD. Why? Versus Why? <laughs> it's Why? just how, personally how I associate because of the order of the words, words right? <laughs> the order of the words. Yeah, totally. Yeah, pretty insane. You think that right? I get in the law, you think that that would stand up? I don't know. That's a that's, <laughs> that's a great question. I mean, right? that's like, that's, that's a really that's a really tough thing. And this is the the worst part of it all is you and I can break down right the order of the words matter. But the consumer, when he's walking the store or looking for a product, subconsciously isn't recognizing the fact that like he bought a product that says pain cream with CBD versus CBD related pain cream. He's reading what he really wants to infer from the situation, right? He's lightly just glancing at it and he's like, oh, perfect. Like this is exactly what I want. And then after he tries the product, if it doesn't elicit the benefits he's anticipating, he then goes back and checks the product to validate his thoughts. And then in that moment goes, Oh, I was duped. I bought the wrong thing. Or this doesn't, this isn't what I thought. You know what I mean? Like that's where he's like evaluating that decision. And that's so, it's so tricky too, because in that moment, if he has a positive experience, he doesn't go back and check. He, no. he recommends it to his friend yep. and goes, Kellen, this cream that's pain relieving with CBD is awesome. And the guy's going to be like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I didn't know they made that. But at the end of the day, it's 
it's so funny how words literally matter. And even more importantly, the order of the words infers what the product formulation will consist of, regardless if they're the same or different. Yeah, I mean, that's a, <laughs> it's crazy how that whole thing, like that's exactly how it would go, how it would go down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Prediction time. How yeah. will marketing laws change or how will laws influence how the marketing is done about products on a state by state or federal basis? So in the hemp space, cannabis, I don't really want to touch that because I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm educated enough, right? Uh, in the hemp space, as far as CBD, if the federal government declares it a nutraceutical, then you're going to see a whole different arsenal of marketing tools employed, right? Because then they can start to like walk a specific line in terms of doctors suggest that this could cure your back pain or suggested that, you know, they, they, they can't say help. They can't say definitively, this is a pharmaceutical benefit or a medicinal benefit from it, but they can say studies have shown that taking CBD with this could improve your knee health or, you know what I mean? Or help you with your joints or all these different claims that are out there that they can't right now, because it's not really caught. It's in no man's land. Right. And so that's where I think the laws could change at least with, uh, how CBD is marketed. And do you have any, any thoughts from a, a THC standpoint, Brian? Like, uh, THC, no. I think it's funny about CBD because people want it to be this end-all, be-all product that like helps in all of these problems. For example, if you have arthritis on your wrist and nothing helps, and then you take a CBD cream and it doesn't help, they're like, it didn't do anything. Well excuse me, nothing has helped that. I don't know what you were hoping for with this product. It is not like this magical product. I mean, gr granted, it's got tremendous medicinal benefits, but it needs to be taken into context on like very similar medicinal approaches. And it's, it's funny how people just have this vision for wanting it to solve all of these issues. And it's just so far from there because some people can't receive medicinal benefits from, from many products, right? They've got these illnesses or illnesses that they're, they're not able to overcome. And scientifically, there hasn't been enough research to know what sort of formulation would be beneficial for that recipe to solve that sort of ailment. Yeah, and I think that's a good point too, right? Like there's a ton of scientific research that is needed in terms of like how the body absorbs CBD. Because it could be like CBD does do all of these things, but if you just pour it down your throat right. and don't absorb it and it just passes right through you. It turns out it doesn't do anything. <laughs> right. Your, your body just <laughs> removes it because it's like, we didn't this doesn't work. <laughs> right. CBD is false. It's like, no, you just literally can't absorb it if it's just CBD raw molecules. And this is, this is like the, the toughest part because people, in my opinion, make a snapshot decision on a first go. Yeah, impulse. <laughs> Literally, like I tried it one time, a product that I bought at a gas station, it didn't work. And I'm done with CBD literally forever. And, and like, the, <laughs> and like the best part of that statement is like, I bought CBD at a gas station. It's like, right. you had, <laughs> like, where are you setting the bar? <laughs> as low as you're possible. going to like, get, like, I spent, I spent your life at a gas station. Like, I spent $2 on a product <laughs> that was impulse bought. And I didn't read the label, but it said CBD. 
or it said something that made me think it had CBD in it. <laughs> and then I took it to solve a problem that I've been spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on. It didn't accomplish it. And I'm done for CBD forever because it doesn't work. <laughs> exactly. That is a very common, common household question in the fields of residence. That is commonly occurred. Hey, I tried this product. It didn't work. Hey, my friend tried this product. It didn't work. Like, why didn't it work? Well, I mean, let's start with the first question. Where did you buy it? Oh, I bought it at the food store at Whole Foods. That's great. Congratulations. You put it into your drink and you didn't feel more relaxed. Amazing. Amazing. So, I think this is going to be one of those topics where we could probably discuss this on a monthly basis. Strictly the misnomers of like the namings and the marketing and the research and all these sort of collaborations and how much they're going to influence consumer decision-making. It's, it's going to be one of those that evolves aggressively over time. And sadly, I still think we're going to have to go backwards before we go forwards. Yeah, I agree. We will definitely have to go backwards. There's going to be a lot of uh, backtracking. Oh yeah. So we'll definitely bring this topic up again. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.